Let's begin in Isaiah 35 this morning. What I want you to do is put a marker in Isaiah 35 because I want to go to some other scriptures and go in and out of chapter 35. Last week I was planning on teaching something else and um, I really didn't have time to look at the subject, but I do want to teach it in the very near future, uh, dealing with you know, us being in Christ and some of the purposes behind it. I'm not teaching that now. And then Christ being in us or being formed in us, two different things. So anyway, let's go to Isaiah 35, verse 8. Now, when we read verse 8, I'll just read the beginning part of the verse. A highway shall be there and a road. In in the original context uh, in the writing, you have this returning of the, the Jews from captivity and that the Lord would give them access once again to their land. And just like many other scriptures in the Bible... Uh, there are many applications. You have the context. You have how the Lord or how the Spirit of God takes that and applies that uh, to whatever generation or today. Uh, you may have a chapter in the Bible, and as you read the chapter, that chapter may span thousands of years as far as a fulfillment of what you're reading. Something may pertain to what the prophet sees right then and there, and as he goes along, it may apply to Jesus' coming, first first coming, and then as he continues on, it may apply to something in Revelation toward the end time. So many times when we read that, I think we're not aware of, of that particular thing going on even in a chapter, and we take it and try to apply it to all these different things. Best to allow the Spirit of God to show you, teach you, and apply what applies to us, to us. But anyway, that is the context uh, of this verse. And of course, another thought here is that um, there would be a highway, there would be access to the blessing of God through Christ, through the gospel, through his coming, through his dying, and so on and so forth. So in... In chapter 35, actually chapter 34 in Isaiah and chapter 35 are linked together. Chapter 34 deals with, we'll just read one verse there. It deals with God's judgment uh, in the context, it deals with his judgment upon Edom, upon uh, the Assyrians, upon Syria, upon Babylon, uh, upon Egypt, upon Ethiopia, and so on. And also it has a overriding uh, context or interpretation, and that would be to na- nations of every time, time period, because you know, you're reading the scriptures, you're not looking at uh, the United States here in, in this context. You're, you're just seeing all nations. For example, verse 2. For the indignation of the Lord is against all nations and his fury against all their armies. Now he's talking about those who are in sin and rebellion, which probably could lump all the nations even today into this. So in in chapter 35, you have the contrast. Chapter 34 is the judgment of God upon the nations. 
chapter 35 is the promise that God, even though he judges here, that he will bring tremendous blessing and and, uh, fulfillment and, and what have you upon God's people, the Jews, and as it stands today, uh, those who are completed Jews and those who are Gent- who were Gentiles and are Jews today, like you and, and myself. So you have that promise that was initially made to the Jewish nation, which applies to those who have come in and have been grafted in their place, meaning you know, the Christians today who have uh, come to Christ, now this applies to them. This applies to you. And it says here, in a highway, where are we? 35. And a highway shall be there and a road. So hold your place there. Well, let me just read a couple more verses in, in this chapter. Because this deals with uh, God's redemption or it deals with the salvation. Verse ver, uh, 1 of chapter 35. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them. Or, or that, that which is dry, that which is parched. And of course, the spiritual application here is that this represents the heart of man. Dry and parched. It's a wilderness. It's a wasteland. And that's the way it is and that's the way it will be unless there is intervention through the gospel and Jesus Christ changes something there in the heart of the individual, then he changes that which is parched and that which is dry into that which is fruitful and that which is well watered. So this is a picture here uh, of of God's salvation, his redemption, that which he has for all mankind, but in particular those who respond. So there is a wilderness and there is a wasteland. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as a rose. So your heart was a desert. My heart was a desert. And you were touched by the Lord. And that touch brought a watering to you, to your life, which brings forth something from this desert, from this wasteland. And and your heart and your life blossoms like a rose. That's the, the blessing uh, of the gospel. That's what God has in store for uh, those who call upon the name of the Lord. And uh, down to verse 4. Say to the, those who are fearful, fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Now, th- th- there's fear you can't get away from when you're you know, not a Christian. It just comes upon people. But see, if you have been redeemed... And now you are walking with him. You have been brought into this place. You have uh, been set upon this highway where now fear can't get you. The threat of fear, uh, a person can, in their mind, start to be fearful. But if they turn and they stay on on this highway, in this place, with God, then fear cannot touch. So this is a promise here. Behold, your God will come with vengeance and with recompense, uh, recompense of God, and he will come and save you. He'll bring you out from that. He'll bring deliverance, save and deliver. He'll bring you deliverance. So tremendous uh, promises here 
verse 5. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. And we saw this with, with Jesus. See, so now this is moving along here in, in the prophecy, so to speak. You see the eyes uh, were opened when, in various times when Jesus uh, you know, healed people. And the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame sh uh, shall leap like a deer. You see that in uh, a couple of places in Acts. One in particular where uh, Stephen's preaching. And um, they bring, in, in one town he goes to, and they bring all these people out. And he begins to preach and to uh, perform miracles. And one of the things is the, the, uh, the deaf and the, um, the lame, I should say, uh, are healed. So this is another uh, fulfillment. And the tongue of the, uh, the dumb shall sing, for water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. See, so, so there's an application here to Israel, yes, but the greater application is to the hearts of those who respond to where now waters birth forth in the wilderness, in the wasteland of a person's heart and life that was ruined by, the, um, by the, Satan. Now the Lord gets a hold of them. He changes that, and now this wilderness becomes a well-watered place. And then he says, and streams in the desert. Now, the, the, now in the place where there was this desert within, now there is life. There's this water, there's this watering, and that brings forth buds and produces. And then verse um, 7 and the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the, in the habitation of jackals where each lay, there shall be grass and reeds and rushes. So he's talking about this tremendous blessing that can be brought to those who respond. Uh, the Lord brings this. This, this is who he is. Uh, he brings life. He brings blessing. And he brings it upon all who will receive, all who will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be delivered. And so that which God has planned through Jesus Christ, now here we see the fulfillment even in our time, in our own lives, what God has promised way back then, that he would do these things, that he would change these things, now we see them and we have evidence and we witness to the fact that the Lord is true and his word is true. So now, in go back here to chapter 35, verse 8. Hold your place there. Go to chapter 40, uh, verse 4. Now let's go up to verse 3. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Who's that? Who's that referring to? John the Baptist, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. So you see this cry here, it's the same thing we're seeing in Isaiah 35. There is this place, and it's not a geographical location, this is a spiritual place that we enter with him. As we are uh, birthed, when we're birthed, we are placed in a specific place in Christ. And from that place, we are to move and function and move along in, in, this, in this way, on this highway. 
And so John the Baptist uh, gave, was given this commission at birth. They prophesied upon him, you know, his father. And he, that he would change the, or turn the hearts of the um, fathers to the children and the disobedient to the, to the, to the just, some, something like that it goes, uh, turn the disobedient to the, the way of the just. And so this was a mission or the purpose and will of God for John the Baptist to prepare a way so he comes, it says, in the spirit and power of Elijah to accomplish something there. And he's, he's preparing the way, yes, for the Lord's first coming, but he's preparing a people for the Lord. So in verse 4 here, Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough... Uh, places smooth. So here you see the extremes that are in the old nature. Now, because of the new nature, those are replaced with a smooth way. So once maybe in our lives we were rough with people. You know, we couldn't stand people. We didn't want to be around people, and and that would be considered uh, a, a rough place, so to speak, in our heart. You know, get me away from it. I don't want to be around people. Now when the Lord changes us, now the rough place becomes smooth, and now there's a response to people, and you love people because you know that the Lord loves them, and you want uh, them to experience blessing in the gospel, and, and, and that's replaced in the heart. See, so the Lord is still today preparing the hearts of the people. The Holy Spirit has taken up that all along, the whole time, to prepare a people for the Lord. So he says here, the crooked places shall be made straight, the rough places smooth, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. How will the glory of the Lord be revealed? Well, hold your place there. And go, well, you can, you don't need to hold your place. Go to Isaiah 32. Let me read one verse here from Luke. And he, he also will go before him, meaning Jesus, in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. See, there, there is a, a change here. Something takes place because of the, um, the heart now responds to Jesus. And now because of that response, there's a change in the heart toward others. So the, the, uh, John the Baptist is going in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And the Lord, as I said... That was just not then when John the Baptist was alive and that was it. No, this continues on today and there is a work of the Spirit that he wants to do to prepare a people for the Lord. So as I said here in um, chapter 40, you stay in 32. 
that the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Well, how is that going to take place? Well, in Isaiah 32, verse 15. Until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field. So it's the same thing he's saying, as you're seeing in Isaiah 35 and Isaiah 40. And the fruitful field is counted as a forest. So there is quite a development there. Uh, there is quite a maturity you know, that the Lord brings upon a person who has begun this walk. And he says here, well, how, how will these things be revealed? Well, they will be revealed as the Holy Spirit is poured out upon you. And you know that in Joel it says that, that uh, the, the Spirit of God will be poured out upon you and your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and so on and so forth. So that has taken place. So the Spirit of the Lord in your life and in my life will be the one to reveal the glory of God to us. No teaching, no preaching, nothing can do that apart from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will do that, and he will reveal the glory of the Lord. Why does the Lord have his glory revealed in this way? Why does he reveal his glory to you? Well, various reasons, but one of them is so now that you, you see something and you can redirect your life toward that which the glory of the Lord being revealed, that which is revealed to you by the Spirit of God. You can redirect your life if it's going in a different way. If the person moves away and they're moving off of the highway, there's only, you know, there's only so much room there, you understand. Uh, last uh, Sunday, I talked about the narrow way. Remember? Jesus said, few there be that enter. So, so there has to be an entrance into this way. So now the, the narrow way is only so big. I, I don't know how big it is. The Lord determines that you know, in spirit for the individual. And it also says that broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat, or same word, many there be that enter. So the broad way can be entered. So if, if you are on, or a Christian is on the highway, uh, the, the highway of holiness, and they're moving that way, and they decide to slowly step aside, they're going to only go so far until now they're in, entering into another way. And that is a very dangerous way. We don't understand that because, see, in this life, all we see is the physical with our eyes. We see the physical. You know, we see you know, what our desires want. We see our feelings, all that. But, see, the glory of the Lord must be revealed periodically to us somehow, some way, for us to remain on this way or else we will, we will turn. I believe that if we are not touched by the Lord, that we won't continue on. If we are not touched by Him, and I don't mean every minute of every day, I'm talking about when, when the need comes, if we look to Him instead of looking to the side, 
then he will touch us and give us what we need. If we look to the side and we move to the side, then sometimes he cannot touch us, and, and we will not continue in the way. We, we'll, we'll just move out. We'll, we'll give up or whatever. Back in Isaiah 35 here. A highway shall be there, verse 8, and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness, and the unclean shall not pass over it. Now, I'm going to go back uh, and look at this in a, in a little bit here, but I want to show you something here. But it shall be for others, whoever walks the road, although a fool, and, and this word fool means slow, thick-brained. So, I mean, I'm really happy that the Lord doesn't uh, qualify all this with intelligence. In other words, you know, the only way to salvation and to, to go this way is if you're intelligent and you have a very fast mind. That, that's not it. There's a lot of people who have intelligence that miss this. There's a lot of people that are too smart for their own britches, like the expression says. And they can't see certain things because their reason gets in the way. Their thinking power gets in the way. And so he says here, whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. So the way here, the highway of holiness, the way of holiness is made so clear that even the fool or the person who is slow can understand it. See, see, that's the way the Lord works. It's not about our intelligence or the lack thereof. It's about a heart that, that sees the Lord and says, I'm, I'm going to walk with God. I don't understand it. I don't know what's going on. I remember when I first came to the Lord... I tell you, what, I was pretty pathetic. I was pathetic. I, I think about it sometimes. I couldn't even look up a scripture in the Bible. You younger people that grew up in the church, you think, really? I grabbed the Bible when I was looking up a verse, and I looked up something completely different because I didn't know how to look it up. I didn't know that the first one was a chapter and the next two were the verses. I, I didn't know. I looked up the two verses as the chapter in the verse, this is the first, when I first came to the Lord, and it came to a verse that says, are you always also yet without understanding? <laughs> yes, yes I am. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It was unbelievable. So it doesn't matter our intelligence. That's not how you're going to progress on this highway. How you're going to progress is through your heart being softened, and having a desire to walk with God. It doesn't matter how much you, you don't know. Now, that's not an excuse for not reading the Bible or studying, but a person who may not know anything, even though he's a fool, this highway, this pla place, this, this direction will be made known to him. He'll understand somehow in his heart that this is the right way and that's the way I need to go. So I believe that this highway uh, points to the place where the Lord reigns. So in other words, 
see, th this, I mean, you can relate to it. We relate to things visually, you know. So, okay, here's the highway. So, yes. But see, really, it's a condition, a heart condition. The heart condition places you there. You can't see it with your, with your eyes, physical eyes. Uh, you can experience it in your heart. Now you're moving and you're walking with the Lord, and you're going in a direction. Not, not to heaven. We're talking about going to heaven. We're talking about going in a direction. Your life is going in a direction. And so your heart condition places you there, whether you understand it or see it or not, you're there. And now this is a place where you need to, to walk and function. And in that place, the Lord must reign. And I mean reign in your life. See, because that will be what keeps you on the path. His reign in your life. So if you desire to walk in your own way, walk in your own thinking, walk in what you want to do, then the Lord is not reigning and you will move off, slowly move off the path. So those who have the Lord reigning in their heart will be those who are in this place and walking in the way here the Lord is uh, showing us. Now, in Luke, you can stay, just keep a, your hand in Isaiah 35. Luke 3, this is still dealing with John the Baptist here. Because I want to show you this. Verse 4, as it is written in the book, of the words of Isaiah the prophet saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled. And, and this is talking about the heart. And every mountain and hill brought low. So here you are, you're a very person who's very proud. Well, <laughs> you're going to be with the Lord here. That has got to be brought, brought low. And every mountain hill brought low, and the crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough ways smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Then he said to the multitudes, now this is, in verse 3, this is when John the Baptist went out in all the region of Jordan preaching the baptism of repentance. Verse 7, then he said to the multitudes that came out to be baptized to him, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? So here's John preaching. So now when you continue on in this chapter, different people are coming out to John. And this is so, this relates so much to us today. So in verse 10, so the people ask him saying, because they knew he was a, you know, a, a man of God out here. He said, they says, what shall we do? And so he answered and said to them, He who has two tunics, let him give to him who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. Okay, so he says that to some of the people. 
Now in verse 12, the tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than what is appointed for you. So in verse 14, likewise the soldiers asked him, saying, What shall we do? So he said to them, Do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely or be, uh, and be content with your wages. So each group that comes out to John the Baptist, he doesn't tell them the same thing. He doesn't say, okay, you got to do this, you print, repent. Everybody has to do the same thing. No. The Spirit of the Lord is upon him in the spirit and power of Elijah to see what that individual needs to do. Just like when the rich young ruler came to Jesus. You know, he tells him, sell all you have, give it to the poor. He didn't tell anybody else that in the New Testament. Just him. So the Holy Spirit will come upon, in whatever way he does through uh, another person, however, to, di to direct the individual in what they personally must do. See, that's the way. That is the way for you. Now, we all can be upon the highway of holiness, but you're getting there and you're remaining there will be different, the means of that will be different than mine. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So the Lord comes to you and says, okay, this is what you must do. You personally, the person next to you, or your husband, he must do this. It's not all cut and dry, everybody does the same thing. No, the glory of the Lord is revealed by the Spirit of the Lord. And so what comes to you to do will be different than someone else, but that will be very critical for you to, to move you and keep you upon the highway of holiness. Very critical. So here, back in, um, so he preaches them, he tells everybody something different. See, because that's what the individual needs. That's the direction of the Lord for the individual uh, to continue on. That's what they need to do. You need to submit to your husband. Whatever it may be. Whatever it may be. Now, back in Isaiah 35. King James. Somebody have a King James? Okay, just read verse 8, the beginning of it. Because I think that's what I'm looking for here. And a way. Okay, that's right. See, my, my version says, a highway shall be there in a road. So I was looking at this. A highway shall be there and a way. There are two different words in that verse. It's not, there's a highway there and a highway there. There's not a way there and a way there. There's a highway there and a way. So there's something, so there's some message there in the wording that we need to pick up on. The highway is a road. And I don't know if you are aware of this, but whenever uh, they would go out to battle, many times the kings would, kings would send groups of, of uh, men out, and they would build or make a, a way, a highway. They would make a raised road where it needs to be, and they would take things out of the way so that when the army would come, they would have you know, clear direction in sailing to uh, wherever they were going to whatever nation they were going to go to, to fight against. So there is 
a highway, um, a road that is there, it's prepared. There's a highway, the highway of holiness, it's there, it's prepared for you, for me, for all, all Christians. And there is a way, and that means the course of life or the mode of action. See, so here's the highway. It illustrates this way. So here's the highway prepared. Now there is a way for you that the Lord has for you to move in that highway. See, the mode of action or you know, how you will respond to him in your life will be what propels you in that way. It's the best I can explain it. So the, the highway is referring to this, this way that the Lord has prepared. And the way is now your course of life to stay in there, to go there, to walk there. So a highway shall be there and a way, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. Uh, now, let me just read a few verses I have here. Remember, this is a highway of holiness. Holiness. So that qualifies that particular spot, that direction, that way. The qualifying factor now becomes holiness. Now let me read a couple verses from Exodus. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. That's what the Lord, that's the promise he had for them if they would obey him. Now, now we know they didn't obey him, so they didn't fulfill, uh, other than the remnant, they didn't fulfill, you know, that what the Lord wanted for them in their lives. And these are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. And then in another place, and you shall gird them with sashes, Aaron and his sons, and put hats on, the, on them. The priesthood shall be theirs for a perpetual statute. So you shall consecrate or you shall set apart Aaron and his sons. So there, there was a consecration, and that's another term, I believe, for holiness. They were set apart, sanctified, holy. They were to be holy to the Lord. So that... If we do not have a desire to be holy and take steps in that direction, then we cannot stay on that way. And we may say, well, I want to stay on that way, but you cannot stay on that way. Uh, and you will eventually get in trouble. See, so the qualifying factor to, to be on the highway of holiness is to be holy. That kind of seems pretty straightforward to me. Because if you go on here, it says, verse 8, the unclean shall not pass over it. So if you look at this word unclean in the Old Testament, uh, you will find out that there are various things, for example, mainly in Leviticus and Numbers. So certain things that they were not allowed to do, or put it this way, certain things if they would do would make them unclean. So you touch a dead corpse, all these different things you see in Levit Leviticus make, would make them unclean. Um, 
the dietary laws, that they would eat certain things that would make them unclean. So touching with the hand or, you know, with the mouth, eating, made them unclean. So spiritual application. What's a spiritual application? Anybody? What you touch or what you feed upon, Christian, can make you unclean. And see, that's determined by the Lord. So that if we touch something that's unclean and we persist in that, then we, we will not remain in this place, on this highway, because it's the highway of holiness. Now, it doesn't mean we can't make a mistake. It doesn't mean we can't sin and repent. It's talking about, as I said before, a course of your life, the mode of operation. It is the mode of operation what I want? Well, if it is, then I'm going to be in trouble, you know, spiritually speaking. I might prosper physically. I might prosper as a Christian with, with, uh, in my finances or whatever. But spiritually speaking, I, you know, I will be bankrupt or I will not have what I need to have in the inner man, you know, when I come to the end of my life. I won't have uh, the, the value, uh, the gold, the purity, all that that the Lord wants. Now, in Matthew, you don't have to turn there. Jesus said, For I say to you that unless your righteousness or your holiness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of God. So he's not talking about heaven here either, by the way. You're not going to enter into the kingdom, what the kingdom principles are set to do in your life as far as development and maturity, you will not enter into that. You, know, you will have stunted growth. So Jesus, and you see this, he appeals um, for more than the ceremonial holiness. Remember, he says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. So he's not interested in the ceremony. He's interested in the heart. Now, in Psalm 15... Hopefully this will give you a little better idea of this, this particular place here. David says, verse 1, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle and who may dwell in your holy hill, in this holy place, uh, in, in Zion, in this, this way of holiness? Who's going to dwell there? Verse 2, he who walks uprightly, and works righteousness. See, there, there, that's the holiness thing again, see. And speaks the truth where? In his heart. Not with his mouth. He speaks the truth in his heart. Reason being, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So the Lord is interested in uh, truth. And I, I like this. It's speaking the truth in your heart. Because if that's um, intrinsic, if that's in the inward, man, then that comes out in the life. 
He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his brother or neighbor, excuse me, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change, he doesn't change his mind. He who does not put out money as usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent, he who does these things shall not be moved. Or if this is the mode of operation in your life, if this is intrinsic, if this is your, in your inward man, if this is a work of God in the inward man, you will not be moved. Be moved from where? See, see, he's talking about, again, this holy place, the holy hill. You know, in this place, you will not be moved because, see, you're not going to be moved out because the Lord is at work. He's reigning in your heart and your life, and because he's reigning in your heart and your life, you're established there. And then in Isaiah 35, go back there, verse 9. No lion shall be there. Now, and I, I was not aware of this. I mean, I, I kind of knew some of it, but there were at one time ravenous beasts, the lions and, and so forth, all over the whole area of Palestine, that whole area. And they were considered animals of, of dread and alarm because, I mean, it's not like today you can get a gun and shoot them. I mean, you had to do, if a lion comes at you, you have to do physical battle with it. If you, if you don't have anything, you're dead. If you have a spear or whatever, you might be able to fend one, one of them off, maybe. So the, the lion was a, a dreaded animal in the area. And in Isaiah 35, 9, still talking about this highway of holiness, he says, no lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast go up on it. So there, there, does, there, there will not be for the person who is there this dread or alarm that you're going to be eaten up. See, the, and I'm not talking about physical protection. It's talking about your spirit and your, your walk with God, your relationship with him, you do not need to fear because nothing is going to come up on that path there uh, to seize you and, and take away the relationship that you have with Jesus. The only way that takes place is if a person wanders off the path. And then they open themselves up to the ravenous beasts. And God, I believe, can even protect to a point there. I mean, even though he gives man a free will, you know, there are times when he, he does protect. I remember um, my, one, my one uncle, and my mother witnessed to him, I, I can't tell you how many times, and he would never respond to the Lord. And uh, he had this, this backhoe, and he was like 70 miles from his home doing 
work for a man who was very, you know, rich. And he was just there, he was going to be there by himself, but the guy wanted his son to go. He didn't want him out there, was, you know, way, way out in the country. And so he's doing this work, and he reached up to turn the backhoe off, and he was between the wheels, I mean, big wheels. He reached up, and when he reached up, his hand hit the lever, he put it into gear, and it ran him over. And the wheel came up his, his, across his body, up his chest, right across his head. He turned his head sideways. The thing rolled across him. He it went down the road. He jumped up, got on it, shut it off, and then he drove him 70 miles to the hospital, and he was spared. And I believe the only reason he was spared was because the Lord was going to give him another opportunity to respond to the gospel, and he did. Before he died, not too long before he died, he responded. So, I mean, that's, that's one case. But there are those who never get another chance. So when a person gets off the path, that's just a dangerous place. Uh, you, know, you know, what will the Lord do? What, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I do know that it can be a place where the lion and the raven, ravenous beast can... Uh, attack. Just a verse here. Um, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. They want to tear a person uh, spiritually away from this place of safety, tearing them away from this relationship with the Lord. They're ravenous beasts. Or as a it says in Acts, grievous wolves. I think Paul says, when, whenever I depart, grievous wolves will, will enter in, not sparing the flock. So the only way a grievous wolf can attack and do damage to someone in the flock, I believe, is if there is a, some deviation. See, because a, a, a lion, the ravenous beast, they will not be there in that place if that's where we are. So there is a highway prepared for you, and there is a way in which you need to walk. And the way in which you walk is extremely critical in keeping us in this place. Now, I'm not trying to scare anybody, by the way. But we need to uh, be mindful that... In our personal life, we need to have the Lord reigning in our life. And we must take his direction for us and move in that to uh, stay where we need to be. To allow the Lord to work in us to bring about this continual purity or holiness that he wants. And, I, you know, it's funny because, and I'll leave you with this, it's funny that you don't hear, or I don't hear much teaching out there, much preaching about holiness. I mean, once in a while I, I hear, if I you know, flip through and listen to Charles Stanley. But I mean, overall, a lot of the preachers and teachers, they, they don't seem to be talking a whole lot about living a holy life, you know, walking with God in the personal, personally in the way he wants you to walk. 
But for you and I, uh, this whole thing is a special thing. It's a special, the whole realm of salvation. Uh, you know, all the, the blessing that Jesus has brought for us in our life is something that we should covet and desire to, you know, to walk with him in that because we don't see the outcome yet. The outcome is going to be so tremendous. For, I mean, it's going to be so great and so wonderful that we'll say, wow, you mean the Lord did all this? It's going to be good.